Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 17 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. And this week we're going to go back into that discussion with Gage Coldwater on the landmine that we need to be looking out for, which is the love of money. We had been talking about the proverb where uh, Solomon says that he would rather not have uh, riches or poverty, but be somewhere in the middle. We talked about various problems that go with both riches and poverty, and, and now we're going to talk about the church's responsibility in helping those who happen to find themselves in poverty. Let's have a listen to the rest of our discussion with Gage Coldwater. Do you think that the church's responsibility to try to help the poor and those who are in the church who have much ability, I mean, to to those who have much, much will be required, do you think that that comes into play there? And so, like, the, the people who are just immensely poor to the point that they're they feel like they have to steal just to survive, could not the church, and particularly Christians who have ability, who maybe have wealth, could they not come in and try to help those folks so that they don't have to steal anymore so that they can stop committing that sin? And then the one who's rich, as it talks about First Timothy chapter 6, uh, being willing to communicate or being willing, willing to dib- distribute, uh, he's fulfilling his role of trying to help people in ways that he has the ability. Do you think that that plays into that? Well, I think you, you got to take in a couple considerations. Ephesians 4 verse 28, let him stole or still, still no more. Why? Right. But let him labor working with his hands. The thing right. is, he's good. And you tie that, you know, with Galatians 6, 10, do good unto all men, especially those who the household of faith. Mm-hmm. And it is my opinion. Now I, I've done this for years as our mission work is we've trained preachers to be self-supporting in third world countries. Uh, you know, the old proverb, not biblical proverb, but I think it carries a biblical concept. You know, you give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. You mm-hmm. teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Right. Um, I think that has to come in here somewhere. Right. You know, you can perpetually give people food and money and take care of their needs and they'll just become dependent. Right. Um, and we certainly should help people in their time of need. But I think the greater need is to get people into a system of working with their hands, that thing, which is good, mm-hmm. that he may then be able to also give to the needs. Right. So you can combine the two thoughts there of, yeah, it's good to help people. And we certainly should. But there's also the need to help people help themselves. So, um, so maybe the idea of with, with the resources that we have to help people in that situation, we should not just be giving them, or we should not be giving them a handout, uh, but we should use those resources to give them a hand up and say, hey, I'm going to use some, some initial investment here to help you to let you see, hey, you've got the ability to leave that lifestyle of stealing and working to provide for your own family. Because we've also got that principle Uh, I think it's in Timothy also, where if a man will not work to provide for his own household, he's worse than an infidel. That's right. He's worse than an unfaithful man. So they've got that responsibility. If he won't work, neither shall he eat. And I think, you know, when we feed people that refuse to work, all we're doing is creating a monster. All we're doing is perpetuating, or we might, we might even use this word is we're enabling them. Right. To continue in the lifestyle that they're 
that they've continued into this point. Right. And our goal as Christianity is to lift people out, not of poverty, but out of sin. But sometimes the two go hand in hand, right? Sometimes poverty and sin, they go together. And if you lift out of sin, sometimes you lift them out of poverty even, Mm -hmm. you know, because maybe they, for instance, I don't know how many people I've known in my life that have made themselves poor on, on liquor and cigarettes, you know, how much money are they spending in a week? Going to the casino. Go, yeah, going to the casino. Got to get their scratch offs, or mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it it one breeds the same thing. You know, each thing's going to produce after its own kind, right? right? And I think that principle applies here. If you are engulfed in the, in sin, it's going to produce more sin, which is going to produce more poverty. Generally, you know, when you're down in the mucks of it to this point that you're stealing. Um, I mean, what is pretty much every time somebody steals, at least in our community, somebody says, well, I bet they were on meth, right. Mm-hmm. Or on drugs. Why? Cause they're trying to get more money to get more, mm-hmm. more drugs. Yeah. It, they kind of breed each other and right. feed off of each other. Yeah. Um, talking about the, the gambling, I looked this up and uh, according to the statistics I was looking at, you have about a one in 13.9 million chance of winning the lottery with a, a six number lottery with 49 power balls or whatever, however that works. Obviously I, I don't know much about it. You have a one in 13.9 million chance of winning that. And yet how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of folks, they have to buy their lottery ticket. They just got to buy it because they have that chance they think. And uh, they want to get rich quick, and they one think that's the days, way to do it. One yeah, of one these, of these days. days. Right. Oh, yep. it's going to be big one of these days. And here's another thing. Somebody actually does win it, which it doesn't. You know, your chances are extremely unlikely of winning it, but occasionally somebody does win. And then what happens in that person's life? Well, all the people come out of the woodwork, right, because they want to be best friends with them all of a sudden because they want okay. to get a piece of that pie. So. I don't know. Proverbs writer says, "He that'll be rich will have many friends." Right. Um, You you think about how the whole gambling system is based upon. It's all it's all based upon this foolish notion that you're going to get quick or get rich quick. And you know, I can think back of just in the last couple of years, I started an account called an Acorns account, Mm -hmm. and it was I had it just take out twenty dollars a week out of my checking account and I didn't feel it right you really don't small amount somebody right. would say well that's a large amount to them so sorry if that's comes across that way but twenty dollars and I didn't touch it for two years and it was gaining interest about 12 to 13 percent a year and it was growing and I wasn't feeling it and then it was also taking all my roundups on my money off my debit card mm-hmm. and so then I took that money after two years that I had saved and didn't even fill it. So instead of buying lotto ticket, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever, this money was going in an account. Well, then I was able to buy a tool that I was able to use for a certain kind of job mm-hmm. that I was able to, to generate more income, right? So you can, a person, if they will allow themselves to learn how to, to make some money, it's not hard to make money. If, if a man's willing to work, there is money to be made. 
Right. He doesn't have to steal. This much. Especially nowadays. Yeah. I mean, look at how many help wanted signs there are out there. 11 million jobs was the report this morning that are available in the United States right now. Right. And a lot of them are high paying jobs, actually. Yeah. Um, there's some really good jobs out there. But yep. people, why would you work when you can get a handout? Right. Right. Which we're just creating a society of thieves. Why would I work when I can? Um, well, one day when I was down there at Marietta with you and uh, we'd worked and we were on our way back, we stopped in Ardmore at the um, Freddy's to eat on the way home. And, and there was nobody working. <laughs> we got in there and the manager comes out and he's like, it's going to take me a while. I got to cook all the burgers, all the fries. I got to make all the, all the ice cream, do all that because all my workers quit today. Wow. And we're like, why? And he said, because they all got their government checks and they decided it was better for them to stay home than it was to come to work. They can make more money doing that. Yep. And what a sad account of Ephesians 4.28, right? A person's, when they're given a handout, they're just going to want to get more handouts. Right. You yep. know? So it's good to help people, certainly should help people when they're in need. But if a person won't, listen, I have a strict policy. If a person's lazy and won't work, I won't financially help them at all. Right. Um, we, we actually, in our town, we're considered one of the poorest towns in America. And um, in our school system, um, somebody who works there was telling me one day that, you know, they would send food home with the kids for the weekends because of the poverty here. And so that they'd have something to eat on the weekends. And, and the kids would gobble it up Friday afternoon as they got out the door. They'd look outside and on the steps, the kids would always sit out there eating all our food. And they're like, hey, they go ahead and be like, hey, that's for your weekend. You know, you eat it all night. You're not going to have this weekend. And they said, no, if I don't eat it now, my parents will eat it and I won't have it. Wow. And so there's this mentality that goes along with sin sometimes that I think it, it really plays into this. Mm-hmm. Is Yeah, you sure you can help them. But a lot of times is the help going to the one that needs the help. Right. Um, and is it actually, are we really? really helping them you think about the prodigal son he goes and takes that money from his father and he wastes it all on harlots and riotous living and then he finds himself down in the pig pen you know daddy doesn't show up with his big checking account and say what do i got to do to fix this son yep what's he do he lets him waller in the pit for a little while and realize that once you know an old friend down in southeast texas and he says you know you got to be lower than a snake in a wagon right before you'll finally look up and I think sometimes that's what people have to do. Sometimes they have to hit rock bottom before they'll, they'll look up. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Um, you think about corruption, right? Um, well, I think about this. I mean, like, you know, the religious program on TV, just send us $30 a month. And an old lady is um, sending literally her last $30 of the month. She's sending it to them and you'll, you'll get rich. And well, who's really getting rich? It's, it's the ones doing that program. It's, it's the televangelist and money, the love of money, the love of money can lead to corruption like that. It can lead to it in many different places. And uh, you think about some of these charities that you see the, um, the sad song come on with all the poor little children or, or the, the poor little animals that are on TV and you see the sad song, right. (laughs) In the arms of the angel. Um, How many of those are actually 
sending all of the funds that are coming in to actually help or are they, you know, filling their pockets with a lot of that money that's being brought in? And yeah. I mean, there's this tendency, and I'm not saying every single charity like that is is guilty of that, but but some are for sure. But um there's a tendency to be corrupt with with money that's coming in and it doesn't go where it's supposed to go. Why in the world do we have this problem sometimes where Oh, our taxes went up, but the roads are still the same. Our taxes went up, but the schools are just the same. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like it, the money gets diverted to these other places and certain folks are filling their pockets instead of actually using it where it needs to be used. That's right. Yeah. Um, corruption certainly can can be a problem that's associated with the, the love of money. Can you think of any other examples of the love of money uh, being manifested in somebody's life and does this even even does this even creep into the church sometimes oh it certainly does um i've seen cases in the church where members or elders or those in leadership were embezzling money um because their love for it it was just too much temptation you think of judas right Mm -hmm. um judas had that love for money and they jingled that coin purse in front of him and it didn't take anything to flip him to to turn in our Lord. Um, you, you can think about over and over again, individuals in the church having done terrible things just because of money. I had a deacon in a congregation one time I preached at, and he, he kept missing on Sunday nights and I went and confronted him about it and asked him, you know, why don't you attend on Sunday nights? He's, he owned his own business. He had a trucking company. And he said, well, we got started getting calls on Sunday night. We had to go make deliveries. And I said, did you have to go make deliveries or did you choose to make deliveries because you wanted more money where you, where you couldn't survive without it? And he's like, well, no, but it it paid about four times as much to go on Sunday nights and on the weekends to make these deliveries. Mm -hmm. Well, what had happened, money had gotten to him where, you know, it became a priority. It wasn't that his ox was in the ditch, right? Right. He kicked his ox in the ditch and said, I got to go get him out. Right. Well, I I don't think the two equate. Right. You know, there's there's a big difference in, you know, your boss calling saying you're going to lose your job if you're not here Sunday night on an emergency kind of deal. Right. And you being the boss and the owner and money being dangled in front of you like a carrot and you going after it with all you have um, yep. to neglect to the Lord. Um, but I definitely think there's a lot of cases of that in the church that we sacrifice. Spiritual because mm-hmm. of our love for money. We're more committed to those sorts of things instead of the Lord and um, faithfully attending. And And listen, God wants us to work hard. You know, nobody's saying don't work hard, you know, but God never wants us to neglect that, which is more important. Right. Right. Um, The Bible says in Proverbs 21 verse 17, that he who loves pleasure will become poor Mm -hmm. and whoever loves wine and oil will never be rich. Um, But, you know, sometimes we get into this idea that I've got to have so much pleasure and so much stuff that I'm I'm just, I'm going to discard God. But you go to Proverbs 28 verse 19, it says the man that works the land will have abundant food, but the one who chases, I think he's paraphrasing it, but essentially fantasies, Mm -hmm. is going to have his fill of poverty. Right. Um, and I think a lot of times in the church, what we end up doing is we, 
we we fantasize about these ideas of what it'd be like to be rich and be wealthy and so we chase after that with all we have to neglect of you know what do we teach our kids right when when we miss services because we got to go um chase the almighty dollar what are we teaching our kids every time we do that we're teaching them that it's okay that it's not that it's just not as important yeah what's the priority worship's important but it's not that important Mm -hmm. You know, well, and you've also got the concept called a, a workaholic, right? And um, they've got everything they need plus some um, uh, working, you know, a regular full time job, but they're going to get, you know, 30 hours of overtime and they're going to miss services and uh, they're going to miss all the fellowship opportunities. They're going to miss the gospel meeting, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And why? Well, because if I work that much overtime, I'm really going to have a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, and we think about it just in terms of missing worship. What about what we miss with our families? Yeah. By working so much sometimes, right? Um, We're, everything is a give and take in life. And when you give something, you know, cause and effect, right? Uh, Every time you take time from one area to give it to another area, something is being neglected. And most of the time, what we're doing is we're neglecting our families. Um, There's no child in the world that would rather their dad be rich than to show them attention and love and kindness and goodness Mm -hmm. and time. Um, People always want to talk about quality of time. That's great and all. Kids also need, wives need, husbands need quantity time too. Absolutely. it's like that old song, The Cat's in the Cradle. Remember that song? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the guy works all the time and his son never sees him. Well, 30 years later, his son works all the time. And now the guy regrets it because he can't ever see his son. And he realizes too late that he taught his son to be exactly the same way and um, to the neglect of family. Well, think, you know, maybe what if we could in, what, what if we could learn to really have the mantra of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, verse 11, give us this day, our daily bread. What we want is years to come bread. Right. Right. We want retirement bread, which is great. I'm not saying it's wrong to retirement. I got retirement stuff. I try to work on. Right. Um, Jesus wasn't saying that, but he was saying that what we really need to focus on is what's before us. Right. And you got kids. They're before you and they need you. You got a wife, Absolutely. she needs you, dads, you know. And I think it's important for us to, and it goes both ways. It's important for us to save during rich times for the lean times, mm-hmm. but during the lean times, it might be also just as important just to focus on what's really important at that time. Right. Absolutely. There's another song I'm thinking of. Um, it's a country song, and I think it's by Jamie Johnson, and it's called The Dollar. Yeah. It's, about, it's about a little boy. Um, he asks his mom, well, where does dad go when he leaves here? She says, well, he's got a job and they pay him for his time. And so anyways, the it's a really brilliantly written song. And so he runs up to his room and he, he grabs the money out of his piggy bank and uh, brings the money back and says, well, here's a dollar. Uh, can, can, you know, how much time will this buy me? And so right. the idea is that, hey, I'm willing to pay my money that I've saved up in my piggy bank so that I can spend some time with my dad and I'll pay him for, for a little time. And the point of the song, of course, is, Hey, 
the mom calls the, the dad up at work and says, hey, you come home early today. You need to spend some time with your son because uh, he feels neglected and he's willing to give up his money so that he can have a little time with you. And I think that's definitely something that we as parents, we need to make sure and, and keep in mind. That's right. Yeah. Well, um, we want to go through a, a few verses here at the end regarding the love of money. And we've talked about a couple of these already. Uh, we mentioned Luke 12, verse 15. Last week, as we talked about materialism, a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. Again, we, we talked about the nuance there with you know, materialism being the stuff and the money being the means to get the stuff. And so it goes hand in hand. Uh, our life does not consist of the abundance of things that we possess. So we don't need to love money so that we can try to get more, more, more possessions. First um, Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10, of course, this is the passage that we've talked about throughout the episode. I want to go ahead and read that now. First Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. And then he says, uh, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. And we could talk about that. Um, for a long time, you know, the sin of greediness and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. You find that mindset of avoiding uh, covetousness, uh, avoiding lack of contentment and avoiding the love of money, etc. And you follow uh, that with the next several verses talking about the man of God is to flee those things and he's to pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and gentleness and fight the good fight of faith. Um, you go down to verse 17 and it says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. And that goes into the pride that we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, nor to trust in uncertain riches. And so power, security, um, you know, we're not to trust in the uncertainty of riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. And then verse 18, let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Why? Verse number 19, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Bottom line, the priority we are to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven rather than on earth. Absolutely. We, we, it's all about where we're putting our, our money, which, which account are we putting it in? Right. Let's uh, look at one more passage and, and then we'll close out the episode for this week. And um, Gage, if you wouldn't mind, would you read Mark eight verses 34 through 37? Mark 8, verses 34 through 37. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and for the gospels 
the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. That really sums it up. Um, we are to deny our own selves, and we are to follow after Christ. And um, the richest man who has ever lived, uh, physically speaking, and <clears throat> I don't know who that is, but there's got to be one. There's got to be a man. Uh, and we know Solomon was during his time. Uh, maybe somebody has sur surpassed him since. I don't know. But uh, the richest man who has ever lived doesn't come close. All of his riches do not come close in value to the value of a single soul. One soul is worth infinitely more than all of those riches that the richest man who has ever lived uh, has gained. And, and all the riches of all uh, who have ever lived, it doesn't compare to the value of a soul, but how many folks are willing to give up their soul in exchange for the riches and the pleasures of this life? That's right. I was going to read you one verse. Go ahead. It comes from Proverbs 17, verse 1. I think it puts things in perspective. And it says, Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. You know, it's it's better to be poor and content with what you have than to have a house full of everything you could ever hope for and all the strife that would come with it. Absolutely. And uh, while we're at it, let's go to another one. Hebrews 11. I'm thinking of Moses. You know, Moses had a lot when he was adopted by Pharaoh. He had, I'm sure, the world at his command. But uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 and following by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Christians, we have to make sure and look to the reward. We have to remember that uh, our inheritance in heaven is far greater, far better, uh, to quote one of our other podcasts, far better than anything that we can receive uh, in this life. And so if we're ever tempted to get caught up in the love of money, and let's face it, it's very easy to fall into those temptations. Uh, it just is, especially living in a society where, where we live here in the United States. If we're ever tempted to fall into that, we need to make sure and put our priority where it should be which is uh, in heaven. You have any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right on. I think you know what we have to realize is that there is one equalizer for all of this. Whether you're rich or poor, death is the great equalizer, right? And uh, Proverbs 22 verse two says, "the the rich and the poor they meet together, and the Lord is the maker of them all." And uh, the grave is the same for everybody. Rich man and Lazarus proves that. And right. What we want to make sure is that whether we're rich or poor. In the end, we end up with the Lord no matter what. Right. So we have to we have to prepare accordingly. That's right. So, 
Well, Gage, I really appreciate you joining me for these last several episodes uh, on the Everyday Christian Podcast. It, I'm really uh, glad to know you. Um, you're just, what, a couple hours from me, I think. So it's good yeah, to have somebody. Yes, sir. It's, it's good to have somebody pretty close. And um, just uh, really appreciate you joining me on the podcast. And I think that our listeners will uh, will profit a lot from, from listening uh, to what you've had to say. Well, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Well, join us next week on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Lord willing, we'll have another guest to continue our discussions on landmines to look out for. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.